0: And please join me in an attitude of prayer. Holy and gracious God, I thank you so much for this day you have given us and called it good. In this time, may your spirit descend upon us, and may the words of my mouth, meditations of all of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight. Pray this in your name. Amen. So we are almost to the end of our Advent Sermon series. And so over the last four weeks, we have looked at some of our favorite Christmas stories that we love to read, more so as children, but they still hold a special place in our hearts as adults as well. And so last week we read How the Grinch Stole Christmas by Dr. Seuss. And we talked about how the Who's and Whoville sang anyways on Christmas morning, despite the Grinch stealing Christmas. And we related it to Mary, who sang um, despite her uncertain future, as well as the uncertain future of her unborn son. She had a million unanswered questions, but she did know with all certainty that God was about to do something spectacular and turn this world upside down through the gift of his son. Today we come to the second-to-last story, The Polar Express. The Polar Express was written and illustrated by Chris Van Allsburg in 1985. That was the year I was born, so it was 34 years. It is a beloved children's Christmas book, and it became even more popular after the 2004 animated movie came out starring Tom Hanks. Chris Van Allsburg came up with this idea of the book based on this age-old question that every child asks at one point or another in their lives when they ask, is Santa Claus really real? Van Allsburg writes this, When I was eight years old, I began to consider the possibility that Santa Claus was not real. Embracing this suspicion made me feel grown up, very suddenly and also very unhappily. Leaving behind a belief in Santa meant I would never again experience the enchantment that accompanied the days leading up to Christmas. The exquisite, almost unbearable anticipation of a fairy tale coming to life, a fairy tale that included me, would be gone forever. This didn't feel like growing up. This felt like losing something, like being thrown out of the land of miracles and hearing the gates close behind me. I wanted back in. Fortunately, the Polar Express pulled up to my house at that Christmas, taking me on a trip that did leave me back. There is a seat on the train for you. So just as a very quick recap, the story' is about a boy who took a magical train ride to the North Pole, and once at the North Pole, he met Santa Claus, and Santa <coughs> asked the boy what he wanted for Christmas. The boy asked for a silver bell from Santa's sleigh and uh, when the boy put the bell in his pocket, unfortunately there was a hole in his pocket and it fell out thinking that he had lost it forever. But then the next morning Santa Claus left it as a present under his tree to his surprise. But this boy soon found out that not everyone could hear the bell and its sweet sound. The boy realized that only those who truly believe in the magic of Christmas can hear the bell. The book ends Though I've grown old, the bell still rings for me as it does for all who truly believe. It's a sweet book that reminds us of the power and magic that we love to celebrate at Christmas time. And it is in many ways similar to our gospel lesson for today from Matthew. Like like the boy in our story, Joseph, Mary's soon-to-be husband, also had a revelation in the night that solidified God's mysterious plans in his life. For the last couple weeks, we have been exploring Mary's side of the story. Mary knew that by accepting the angel's offer, she would not only change the course of her life, but also that of her soon-to-be husband, Joseph. She knew by telling him this story, this on-the-surface crazy story of an angel announcement and her carrying the Messiah, that she was changing not just all of her plans, but all of Joseph's plans that he made with her. And she also knew there was a very little chance of him believing her. And so probably in Mary's mind she came to the logical conclusion that he would have no other choice but to divorce her, And it was her greatest hope that he would at least divorce her quietly, sparing her life. And that's exactly what Joseph planned to do. He planned to divorce her quietly and move on with his life. But that all changed one night when an angel came to Joseph in a dream and confirmed everything that Mary had told him. This revelation in the night changed everything for Joseph. It changed his plans It changed his purpose in life, and it changed how he viewed everything around him. Now, every time he saw Mary growing larger by the day, he knew growing within her was the fulfillment of all the ancient prophecies that the prophets foretold would happen someday. With this new knowledge that he possessed, he had no other choice but to believe in the power and love of God made real in his life. And because of that, he knew he had a greater responsibility to help make God's power and love real in the lives of others. But unlike Joseph, who had first-hand knowledge from an angel, and unlike the boy in our book who met Santa Claus in person, we, the rest of us, will never have those experiences Angels will most likely never visit us in our dreams, revealing all the mysteries of God. And we will never see Santa Claus in action, because he only comes when little children and adults are fast asleep in their beds. So remember that, everyone, okay? So how are we to have faith like these two? How do we keep the faith so that we can still hear the bell ring for us on Christmas morning? Remember in the Polar Express how the boy thought he had lost the bell forever. There was a hole in his pocket. He not only lost a very special gift that could never be replaced, but maybe in some ways he felt like he lost confirmation Uh, that his experience he had the night before was real. (laughs) But then to his surprise, Santa left it as a present under his tree. So how do we keep the faith? We look for God to surprise us in small ways every day. God loves to find small ways to reach out to us, to help us, to uh, remind us how much he loves us and to remind us that we are not alone. Max Lucado writes in his book, Because of Bethlehem, the miracle of Bethlehem still happens. God enters the hamlets of our lives and speaks to us. He speaks through scriptures, sunsets, the kindness of a friend, or the warning of a medical report. He sings to us through Christmas carols. He calls to us through Christmas sermons. He reaches out through the Christmas story. And he calls to us in the sound of children laughing and playing in church and enjoying being here today. Like Joseph, we can have new eyes this Christmas to look around us and to see God at work in our lives in powerful ways. Having this knowledge of how love came down at Christmas. It changes everything for us. We can never lose that power and wonder of Christmas ever again because of that knowledge. And because of that knowledge, we still hear the bell ring for us on Christmas morning, calling us to believe once again in the Christmas miracle. And so my hope and prayer for all of you is that as you approach Christmas morning is that you will take a few moments and ring a little bell that I'm sure is probably an ornament on your tree by this point or around your children's necks. (laughs) And I just want you to take a few moments and just ring that bell and remember the days when Christmas was magical for you. Remember the joy you felt in getting that perfect present that you had been dreaming of for months and remembering the joy you felt in getting that. Remember the love you felt surrounded by loved ones who perhaps are no longer with us today. And then I want you to look around you and look for ways that God is sneaking little presents only for you to find all around you perhaps the smile of a child or a grandchild as they get their perfect present at Christmas, perhaps the feeling of childlike wonder and all, and hearing the Christmas story told once again of Jesus' birth. Imagine for yourself what it must have felt like to hear the angel chorus and to follow a star for miles. (coughs) And then... Because you have that knowledge, it is your responsibility to go out and tell others about that, all that you know, and share that Christmas spirit so that they can feel it, so that they can know and feel that Christmas spirit as well. So that they too will be able to hear the bell ring for them on Christmas morning. Thanks be to God. Amen.